0: One. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Monday Mashup brought to you by the Upper Tier on YouTube. Joining me tonight for our Monday Mashup show, Darren. How are we doing, Darren?
1: He's good, Noel I'm all good. Tastes good, just a little bit sweeter after tonight's result, doesn't it? Oh,
0: I don't know, sick. I'll run down through I, these results. Well,
1: I just try it again. Hang on, let me see if it tastes as good the second time. It's
0: normally a bit sour, isn't it? Wouldn't be that sweet, would it?
1: Oh, that tastes good, pal. Like a a hug off a dead relative. (laughs) (laughs) A hug off a dead relative.
0: Well, anyway, I'm sure our viewers are wondering, this is the Monday mashup going out on a Wednesday. The reason we're doing this over Christmas is because we had a round of fixtures this evening as well as yesterday. So we said we wanted to include them all rather than doing multiple shows. So a quick rundown through the fixtures or the results. Man City 6, Leicester 3. Certainly a game of two
1: halves without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. was was a mental game of football, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It um, really was. Wow. Norwich nil, Arsenal 5. Arsenal running right against Norwich. Um, Norwich
1: um, booking their, their flights back to the championship as we speak. Absolutely. There's a sail on at the moment on Ryanair,
0: so they can take advantage of it.
1: They'll get cheap um, ones.
0: Tottenham 3, Palace nil.
1: Yeah, great result for Spurs, wasn't it? Really good result. Yeah, until, called, until,
0: you I, until you look at today, is but until you look at today, I'm gonna get to that fixture and then I'm gonna drop something that it'll be a very interesting um observation. Um, West Ham two, Southampton three. Poor result for the hammers,
1: poor result for the hammers. But again, big performance from Southampton. Our boy Ralph, you know, I'm a big fan of Ralphie, um, he always always manages to grind out these results against teams that you just think these are going to roll Southampton over and tickle them and all of a sudden Find the game's so. over and, and he finds something He you go "Geez, Ralph how'd you do that pal you know um, yeah it's good stuff
0: yeah Aston Villa won Chelsea 3 Aston Villa came out of the burners pretty quick but Chelsea clawed them back in with a number of penalties
1: yeah, they did. Um, yeah, Jorginho, the the man from twelve yards as usual, wasn't he? Thought Lukaku did very, very well when he came on, I must say, changed the game completely in Chelsea's favour. Um that's that's the kind of Lukaku that Chelsea are looking for on a weekly basis. Um that could if if he could arrive weekly and, and put in those kind of performances, you could possibly see Chelsea back in the title race. Possibly.
0: Mm. One that you called on the preview show. Brighton two, Brentford 0. A great shout.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had it in every accumulator I had over the weekend. I just was like, I just said, listen, he'd had a number of weeks off with the Brighton lads, Um, you know, I think tactically would have got an awful lot of points across. Um, and I mean, they hadn't, they had numbers back and stuff like that in the squad, and we like part, we like what he does, we like how Brighton play. I just thought it was set up for him because I think obviously Brentford are missing a few still and they've been kind of ticking along, picking up points here and there, and I don't think the game meant as much to Brentford as it did to Brighton, you know what I mean? Um, I think they could afford to lose it and not not worry too much at the minute. So I think Brighton were, were going to be big in that one, and, um, as they proved, you know. Yeah,
0: they did create a number of chances though, Brentford. They did uh, scare Brighton a couple of times, all right, but
1: they did. just hadn't got yeah. the
0: quality at the up end of the pitch. Um, Newcastle won, Man United won.
1: It was absolutely horrendous was horrific. Um, mm. I had watched the Newcastle City game the week before, and I spoke yeah. to you about how almost bored I was watching it because City were mm. just on a different level. And then I watched my own side, United, go and play that same Newcastle side. And for large parts, we were absolutely dominated by Newcastle. Yeah. It was scary. And you're kind of thinking, if this is what we're aspiring to be, surely somebody's going to go, you know what, lads, this gap is a lot wider than even we think at the minute. You know, because maybe there's a little bit, there's a sticky plaster mentality where if you get top four and, and City maybe win the league, you're only two spots away from them. Two spots could be 30 points, but it could also be lighters. You know, they're so, so far ahead of United. Watching how they broke Newcastle down at absolute will and when they felt like it and wanted to, compared to what we kind of struggled to do for large parts of the game. I mean, I don't think most of you know, your fans would argue our man of the match was Davide. He has
0: been for most of the season.
1: And he's had a very, very, um, has had a very, very good season so far. He really, really has. Um, yeah, it's, it's shocking. It really was shocking. Yeah, we are we are going to
0: do a combined eleven show coming up on the new uh, the new channel, um, and I'd be surprised if most of us have anyone other than David the Head in as our goalkeeper. And I mean, the only boy running them close is probably Ramsdale, isn't it? But Alison and it Edison don't... haven't touched both these boys this season, have they?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, Edison has had very little to do. Mm. I mean, see, like he he looks like a guy that's almost boarding goal at times, and I think when I look at him. He's trying to do an awful lot with the kick outs and with the distribution of the ball just to keep stay relevant, new, yeah.
0: Trying um, to keep himself it. fresh,
1: do you know what I mean? Um, but you know, and Alison is, Alison's coughed up a few this season for Liverpool, you yeah. know, I, I could probably count three or four, yeah.
0: Um,
1: certainly the you know, two, two
0: against West Ham, anyway, at least, yeah.
1: He's had a few, you know, mm-hmm. but whereas if I look at the hay and um, if I look at the hay and I look at Ramsdale, they for me, been the two best keepers in the league, I have to say. Because they've had to be. They've worked so hard. Absolutely. I mean, they're Absolutely. pulling off two to three world-class
0: saves nearly every game. So they're the busier out. If you take the top four or five keepers, those two yeah. boys are the busiest keepers out there. Um, 100%. And in terms of match winning and keeping teams in the game, I mean, if you look at that Newcastle game, I mean, Newcastle could have been 4-1 up at halftime and they wouldn't have even flattered them. You know, the hay was unbelievable. Like, um. But yeah, work for Rangnick to do without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and a bit of bad taste as well with friend uh, Bruno and Cristiano strolling off. Not too happy at all. Um, Palace 3, Norwich nil, Good win for our boy Patrick Vieira.
1: Great result for Palace. Um, I shipped the lad Joachim Anderson into me fancy football team this morning. Mm. Um, and he And he came good with the with the clean sheet for me. Uh, he's a very, very good player. He was on loan last season at Fulham. Palace having this season. Um, really good centre-back. I'd be shocked if there's a number of the bigger clubs don't look at him. I mean, he would be ideal next to Ben White for Arsenal. I know the boy Gabriel is doing a decent job at the minute. Um, but I mean, if you look at the boy Anderson, he's so, so good. He's physical. He's commanding. He's quick for a big guy, you know. Deceptively, and listen, Norwich didn't cause them a lot of trouble, but I just think even when they're playing better teams, I'm looking at this kid Anderson all the time, and I'm going, geez, this he's, guy's he's a bit." Better the game is good, cool, isn't he? Yeah, I'm just like this guy's a bit better than everyone else out here, isn't he? You know, and a guy,
0: and a guy you rank highly as well, Edward getting them on the way.
1: Yeah, I do like Addison Edward. I have to say, got the goal and two assists today again. Mm. So if you had him in your fancy football, he mm. cashed in for you big time, you know.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure Norwich must have been thinking they might have had a good a good day at the office with Saha uh, being suspended,
1: and um, there was no Conor Gallagher either. Mm. He wasn't in the he was wasn't in the squad. I don't know if it's COVID related or what it is, but he wasn't there either. So they're looking at no Gallagher and no uh, Zaha. You're probably saying they're Palace's two best players, you know, mm. and certainly on an offensive side. And you're probably thinking they might struggle here. Geez, mm. they didn't, did they? They they mm. shot out of the blocks. Yeah. I picked Palace in I've I've two lives left in, in the last man standing competition. I'm the only one left with two lives. And Palace, I I was gonna use Palace for both of the lives. I said so I'll, I'll stick with one of them. And um, yeah, by half time, I was like, that's grand into yeah. the next round, Sam. So.
0: Absolutely, 100 percent Uh Southampton won, Spurs won. Southampton going down to 10 men. Um, but I want I wanted to give you um a fact that I realized today. Um, as good as Antonio Conte has been at Spurs and how he has shored stuff up, he hasn't won an away game
1: yet. Hasn't won an away game. Apparently, okay. I read that. Apparently I read that today. Okay. Um, I know something else I, I read today is is the first Tottenham manager to go seven games in the Premier League without a defeat. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely positives here if you're a Spurs fan.
0: Yeah.
1: I think they were lucky today, I have to say. I know absolutely. there was a couple of disallowed goals and stuff like that, you yeah. know. The one that was they, off by a slave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's close, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, I think Spores are very, very unlucky. I think Kante would have been massively disappointed. Mm. As a United fan, I'm obviously absolutely delighted because after dropping the points in Newcastle last night, you kind of think Spurs are going to stretch this out a bit. Now it gives us an opportunity to go in against Burnley, get a win. And we'll end up on the same four points as they picked up from the Newcastle. Uh, we picked up newcastle Burnie, mm. and they picked up with Southampton and Palace, you know, so it, it kind of levels things out a bit for us. Yeah,
0: And another man we regard highly, James Ward-Prowse with a fantastic finish to open up the scoring.
1: Yeah, he's so, so good, Ward-Prowse, isn't he? Mm. Um, I know Villa obviously had a massive bid in the table for him in the summer. Um, And, and as, you know, I was talking to a couple of guys earlier. Uh, one of which is a Villa fan, and he kind of brought it up, and he said, "I'll be shocked if we don't go back from uh, in in January." You know, he's he's a super footballer, and he's playing way above the level where Southampton are. If if I'm honest, for Southampton losing him would be huge, you know.
0: Um, yeah. I think I think with um with the job Ralph has to do there at the moment I don't think he can afford to lose anyone at the moment or he could find himself in serious free fall.
1: I don't think so but I mean listen here's the thing let's say Ralph let's let's say they got 45 million for Ward-Prowse I think it's an I think Villa had about 40 on the table from from Roy. so if you're talking 45 million could he go out and get himself 3 15 million euro players and make it a big you know, addition to the squad, you're obviously looking to, you know, you're looking to maybe pick up another striker who's going to get you a couple of goals, somebody that's going to create and a bit of steel in that midfield. Like, I don't know.
0: Three, five, 15 million pound players to me give you nothing but headaches.
1: I don't know. Like, I suppose I certainly wouldn't be looking in the championship, put it that way. I'd be looking, I'd be looking further afield. I'd be looking to France, I'd be looking to Germany and, and, and stuff like that. Um, to pick up You know Guys that are kind of robust And stuff like that Like there's mm. Really good signings available In the likes of France And Germany For that type of money It's just the time It might take the bed The men and everything And all And, and, and that's that. the one Kind of negative I would see Unless they hit the ground running mm. By the time you start seeing The best of these guys Are in the championship And yeah. I don't fancy anyone Going in Into that championship You know Who's played a good standard Of football Because it's so tough And it's so dogged Isn't it
0: Yeah absolutely Um. Watford won, West Ham four. Moy bouncing back.
1: Yeah, I was a bit shocked at that. No I had to say. I thought Watford would have given them a much better game. Um, I I had two lives in my fancy football. I used one for Palace. My other life, because I'd used most, I used the top six, i.e., um, the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, and then the three London clubs, Chelsea, Spurs, and Arsenal. So I used one on Palace, and my other one was a toss up between Everton and West Ham. So I went with Everton on the base. They were home against Newcastle, who hadn't shown much form. Um, and West Ham then obviously strolled to victory and I thought, oh, missed an opportunity there. But I didn't see it coming, I have to be honest. I thought West Ham would struggle there today. I think that's a massive win for them. Um, and another that, guy we...
0: That Everton game is off as well, isn't it?
1: I've just oh. seen it called off. I don't know what's going to happen yeah, there on the, on the last man standing. But I think the our boy we mentioned, we talk about him every, every week or two. Jared Bone on our massive performance, this ad, adding another zero onto his price tag. I know Liverpool are madly interested in him, mm. um, really, really heavy uh, interest there from Liverpool for the boy Jared Bowen. Mm. He was a boy that I tipped when he left Hull, that I said United should have been in for, um, and and there was a bit of a there was a bit of a chat going on. You know, while we were picking up Dan James, and I was like, listen, for the money we are paying here. This kid's a country mile ahead of where Dan James is because they went for similar enough money. I think Bone went for 18, James went for 15, something like that. And I thankfully I I have it all in the conversational chats where I'm kind of pushing and saying I want Bone, I want Bone, I want Bone. Mm. Turns out now he's a very, very good player. And he looks twice the player than Dan James does at the minute, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then we rounded out with a poor result. Leicester won Liverpool nil. Um a game that I watched this evening, um, Liverpool. I mean, I'll be doing a match reaction on player ratings, but it was a very complacent kind of performance by Liverpool. Very lacklustre, um, no real proper drive. I know they created a lot of opportunities, but a lot of them were with very little purpose. Mane looks like he's checked out for the Afcon, and he's looked that way for a number of weeks now. To be honest, um, very questionable form, missing some really. Great opportunities. Of course, we come up against Kashbar Schmeichel in absolutely belt our form, which is unbelievable. Um, and I think you did mention, didn't you? You mentioned on the preview as well that this could come back and bite us after the Carabao Cup result. Um that's thought they would have from... a
1: li- yeah, I just thought they'd have a little bit to prove after the Carabao Cup. Um yeah. obviously being 3-0 up um or 3-1 up and and kind of looking like they were home and host and they were pulling reading them back in and then the penalties and stuff like that. Just kind of thought there might be a little bit there where they go, Do you know what? We need to go out and show that we're not the pushovers because obviously they played a much better side tonight. Mm. I would, I would argue, the Liverpool side tonight was a better team than they had out in the Carabao. I don't think that's, you know, there's no argument there. But I actually think, I actually think Leicester had a worse side out tonight than they did in the Carabao Cup, and and they were able to you know reverse the tables and stuff like that. So it was. It's a big win. Rogers was in a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a few people mentioning things over the weekend after City, you know, thumping them. And he was kind of come out and he said, this is my toughest time in management and stuff like that. That's a massive result tonight for Leicester. Really, huge. really is, you know, yeah. huge. Um, but also a big win for Liverpool. Because I would have think Liverpool had that markdown, their scorecard as three points and moving forward, you know.
0: And maybe that's where that complacency came from. Maybe they'd one eye on Chelsea for Sunday, you know, um, which is not the way... To be pushing the league title through, it's supposed to be week after week, um, but now the gap is now six points with City, which is massive.
1: massive. Do City have a game in hand now, or was that Liverpool's game in hand?
0: Um, that was that was our game in hand because we missed the okay. game against them. Late. So they were
1: they were six ahead, and you guys had the game in hand, and you just lost it.
0: Yeah, we were trying to get it back to three again. So so they're,
1: they're six, they're six so, clear now. They're six clear now. Yeah, that's tough because you've got to play them as well. Yeah, um, and I don't think anyone wants to play them in the form they're in at the minute. Um, mm. You know, if they get anything out of that winner, uh, that, that could be set, that could be, you know, it might stay six, might go nine. And and that, would and they're huge. not
0: usually affected by the AFCON either. Very so, little. Yeah. Um let's get into some of the hot topics I picked out um today for the show, being our yeah. first Monday matchup on the new upper tier channel. Um, the first one I picked out, I'd like to dedicate today's show to Diego Maradona's brother, Hugo, who passed away. Um, died in Naples, age 52, from a heart attack. So um, we just send our condolences and prayers and thoughts and all to the Maradona family. Um, very, very sad. Um, very young as well, 52 years of age, he'll be dying from a heart attack, you know. It's
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, his brother's legacy will, will live on forever. I mean, Maradona, what a footballer. Yeah. What a footballer! You know, unbelievable. You don't. You don't have to tell me. I know. I know you're. A, I know you're a big fan of his. Um, no, he's ball. very special talent. You know, mm. really, really is.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was sad at fifty two, especially with Diego. I think Diego died at sixty, didn't he? So it's still very young. You know. Um, let's move on. Anyway, um, we, our transfer show will be returning this week. and um, we'll be launching it again on the new channel. With, <sighs> They know, and I think Darren will be involved as well. Um, but um, a couple of transfers that went through today, an interesting one, Ferran Torres um, from Man City to Barcelona for 55 million euros. Where Barcelona would find 55 million euros? I do it, not know. It must be 5 you million just tell over me that again. Years.
1: 55 million.
0: million euros. Now, but, I'm going to say something here, and I'm sure you probably agree with me. I'm not too sure. I think that's a steal. I think he's an exceptional player and I don't know what City you're thinking.
1: Um I think he's a really, really good footballer. I do, and, and I know like people are obviously listening, they're going, still a 55 million. I think you I think are pretty close. Yeah, mm. I think I don't think it's bad money at all, I've got to say, especially if you look at where Barcelona are at the minute. Like the, the addition of somebody like a Torres um who who can create, who can score. He was very, very good in the Liga before he went to City. I think from a City point of view, I don't think you could say no to this deal. I mean, they paid twenty-one million for the boy, so I mean they've they've got yeah. more than double. double.
0: Yeah.
1: their nearly, money nearly on a going travel. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I know there's a couple of add-ons and stuff like that, and they're mm-hmm. talking about one of the add-ons, which is about eight million worth of an add-on. Being an almost guarantee because it's based on number of games. Mm. You know, it's not based on lifting trophies and stuff like that. Or you know, mm. sometimes it'll be if he wins the Ballon d'Or, we'll give you an extra ten million. Mm. That are very, very attainable. What's in the what's in the contract and stuff like that. I think for for Barcelona, this is the the start of the rebuild, isn't it? Um, this is the first stone they're going to kind of put in place to try and help them get back to to where they were. And this is a this is a transfer. I'm I'm really sure that Xavi would have had a massive um, part in because I think it's the type of player Xavi would like to see there at Barça. I don't think this is from the board. You know, mm.
0: is this a um, are, are you surprised that a Premier League club weren't in for him, or is this a case that he didn't settle in England and he wanted to go back to Spain? Or I know I know obviously City letting them go for obvious reasons because they've changed their style of play and he doesn't fit into that that, that system and we can't argue with the system, it's no, unbelievable. And,
1: and they've also freed up an awful lot of space, you know, in their in their budget because they spend a hundred million on Jack Grealish This basically levels the books for them. You don't know if their city if your city are they gonna go out in January and look for a striker. Now I know Guardiola's came out and said we're not gonna go and do it in January. Maybe will, maybe won't. But if not, this helps balance the books for next summer. I think this is a clever move. I think it's somebody he knows he can maybe do without because he's got Foden, Grealish, Mares, Sterling, Jesus, De Bruyne, you know, the boy Cole Palmer and stuff like that we know coming through. So he can let somebody like Ferran Torres go and not really worry about it too much. And like you say, get two 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 and a half times the money. Of what they paid for it And make the balance sheet look better You know, I think yeah. that's, it's great plus, business for Man City
0: Plus, plus when Fernand Torres plays He doesn't play like a front three He plays more like a striker role Which doesn't fit into Pep's system So, I mean, it, it, it's a kind of a surplus to requirement But I would preface that by saying When he has played for City He's nearly good for a goal a game His accuracy yeah. and his shooting quality is unbelievable You know what I mean? And that's why I said at 55 million I think that's a steal you know, like, if, if he was at another... Like, like imagine him at a Chelsea.
1: <laughs> but you see, I do have another little conspiracy theory. I think Pep knows what he's doing, sending him to Barcelona, because so I think Pep to Barcelona is not a million miles away. Really? Mm, yeah, I think, I think maybe, you know, two to three years, Pep's looking at himself, going, I've got to achieve... It. Everything I could have possibly achieved at City because I think they're getting pretty close on this Champions League, aren't they? Um I think this year will be their big roll of the dice at that Champions League. If he walks out with a Champions League and a league, does he decide to say, you know what, I'll have a little sabbatical here? And if it mm-hmm. doesn't work out for Javi, I'll walk down that road again yeah. and, and go back to Spain, go back to Barcelona and try and make that club great again and add an even bigger, you know, um story to my yeah. legacy already. I think he knows what he's doing here.
0: Mm. Plus, I think I if, they're, um, if, if, if they're cruising in the league and continue to do so, they can focus on the Champions League because they won't be under any pressure. Absolutely.
1: And Absolutely.
0: Another another story that came into us today: a bit of sad news, and not in terms of a passing, but Ben Chilwell. Um, looks like he's going to have to have surgery on the ACL now, which means he's going to be ruled out for the season and um, was talking to Ian about it earlier which is obviously a hammer blow to Chelsea because he was outstanding for Chelsea and and the amount of goals he was getting and assists as well from that position That was incredible um and a yeah. huge loss for Chelsea but uh, sad on the lad missing out nearly on the whole season um and it could take even longer i mean i know when when it happened to virgil he was out for a whole year nearly um yeah it's
1: a it's a horrible horrible injury one wish we wouldn't have wished on mm. anyone you know um you, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Chilwell's been e- absolutely superb for Chelsea. Really, really has. Mm. You know, he was that foil on the left-hand side where, as Paul's at the minute, all of the pressure now is on Reese James to create down one side because you don't have Chile down the other side. If Chilwell is there and then people have to step across the pitch and, and cover him, it creates space elsewhere. So I think by, by Chilwell actually being out, it's hampering what Reese James is trying to do because... Guys, can, guys, now they can just—it's coming down the right all the time. Yeah. I think it's something Chelsea will have to look at in January. By the way, I don't think they can go through the whole second half of the season with Marcus Alonso um, and, and no cover. Yeah, apparently the talk is they're
0: going in for Dania off Everton.
1: Okay, which is yeah. not, not a bad option. It's not a bad option if he stays fit. Yeah. Um, his his injury record isn't great. I will say. Um, would that be a cash or a loan deal to be done? As in, is, is there money on the table? Or? Yeah, I, I,
0: I think if they're going in for him, I think they'll buy him. I don't think Everton will want to be loaned him. I think they'll buy him. And the reason, that, that's, I think, the reason I think they'll buy him as well is depending on how the ACL goes, I mean, Chilwell could be
1: out till next Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. I mean, he, if, if he doesn't get operated until January, probably at this stage, mm. you know, you're probably talking. Are you going to bring him back? Are you going to bring him back in the Christmas period next year? I wouldn't think so. Mm. I mean, that might lengthen it to twelve or fourteen months. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's gonna be a long time. And of course, um, and that's
0: assuming that everything goes to plan. There's no setbacks around. There's me. no setbacks. And, there's no infections. And the everything is heals a properly.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. um, now, very, very tough. I suppose, Luca Dini would be would be a great signing for them. Mm. Again, once they can get him on the pitch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I suppose best wishes to Ben Chilwell. Absolutely. And um, we've we've enjoyed watching them this year. I have to say. Yeah. been so good for Chelsea and for England, you know. Yeah, I think Dania
0: could be exceptional under um Thomas Tuchel in that Chelsea side. I really do. When you when you see what a bright spark he's been for Everton and at times a very poor Everton
1: side. You know what I mean? He's really been I one d- of the outstanding players. For- I think he's a super footballer mm. but I personally wouldn't touch him just with the injury record. Mm. He misses an awful lot of games. Um, knocks, niggles, pulls, strains. I personally wouldn't because he's getting on a little bit now as well. You Mm. know, he's not an absolute spring chicken, is he? About 28?
0: I'm not too sure. I I know a lot of it at times is caused by the aggression of his play. Yeah, I know that's something that's something that Tukka would admire, but I think maybe if he went in there to Chelsea with a better quality of player he mightn't have to extend himself as much in terms of what he has to do with Everton to make the work, which may be Um, causing some of the injuries.
1: And we know how good he is. You know, his delivery is superb. Dead ball, Mm. corners, free kicks. Very, very good. Passes the ball well. Got a good engine. The one negative for me, and and that's the only reason I wouldn't go near him, is the injury side of things. But Mm. from a footballing point of view, if he's on the pitch, he's top drawer. He is top drawer, you know, so you can't argue with that.
0: Absolutely. Um, Another boy you've been talking about a lot recently, I know we're delving into a few transfers here. Uh, Kessie seems to be available out of AC Milan. Tottenham have emerged as the front runners. Not surprised with Conte's connections. They've offered him somewhere in the region of 6 million wages, um, but he's looking more for 8 or 9 million. Um, So it'd be be electric to see Kessie in the Premiership, wouldn't it?
1: Huge, huge signing for Spurs if they could make it happen. Real, real big um, statement of intent. They've gone and got Conte, and um, we spoke about you know there being an agreement there with Levy to obviously open the poor strings a little bit. And um, he wants Spurs to compete. I don't believe Conte's gone there to be an also round I think he wants to go there and win trophies because he's a serial winner. Mm-hmm. Um, Kessie would be an unbelievable signing for Spurs. That Spurs midfield doesn't light me up at all. You know. Personally speaking, I like the boy Halberg. After that, I'm searching. You know, I, I don't believe there's there's a second. Re- I think Harry Winks is okay, and um, I think the boy La so was very good at one stage, but the level has dropped. And I don't maybe think he's an Antonio Conte player because I don't think the work rates necessarily there. I think yeah. he's much better on the ball than off the ball. Hmm. Um, but I, I think, think I Kessin, think
0: you're right. I think when you're thinking silverware. You're going around the pitch, and maybe five or six out of the eleven will lead you to silverware, but you got to plug up all the rest. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think this is down the spine of that team. You've got Kane. They've just about got Hugo Lloris signed up to a new deal. So you got Mm -hmm. Kane and Lloris. You know the addition of another of a decent centre back, maybe in beside the boy Romero and Kessie. All of a sudden, you're building a spine. You've got Son. You've got Mora. You know, you've got the boy Emerson Royale and Regulian. they starting to put something together here at Spurs. Mm. Um, Kessie would be a massive signing for Spurs, I have to say, one of which I would be very, very jealous of.
0: I was about to say that when I read this today, I was thinking, is that not the perfect deal for United to hijack?
1: Um, I think, I think from he's my point exactly of
0: view, what Ranić would be looking for.
1: You see... I certainly think it's what United could use. And I also think it's what it's a a signing. Fans would jump all over. I think they'd love it. I don't get the feeling it's what Ralph would want. I think he's looking in a completely different direction than Frank Kessie. um, Because I don't necessarily think Kessie brings what he's looking for to the table which is extremely high energy. You know, that's what he wants all over the park. Kessie, as good as he is, I would say possibly the worst part of of him as a player is that kind of stamina side. You know, I think 60, 65 minutes in the game, he starts looking extremely leggy. Now he creates an awful lot, you know, defensively, he's good, he's strong. On the ball, he's just silk. He's absolute silk. And would I have him at United? In the morning In a heartbeat But I don't necessarily Get the idea That that's what Ralph wants Personally I think he'd look at Kessie And he'd go It would tick a number of boxes But he'd look at one or two And he'd put X's in them And he'd go Not for me Could be wrong Yeah, I Could I be often, wrong
0: I often look at Kessie As being that box-to-box guy
1: In that mode of uh, Pogba Playing for France I, I think I think personally um, And I know we've Discussed this guy Quite a lot And I oh, I thought He was nailed on For Liverpool I thought Eve Basuma Was nailed on To go to Liverpool I think with Ralph coming in And the way he Wants to play the game I think United Will look more At somebody like A Basuma Than a Kessie There's a difference In them You know um, Premier Bissouma's, League proven Premier League proven In like, terms
0: of the Intensity and the
1: energy It's the intensity And the energy It's the energy It's the work rate It's the get Like He just seems To be everywhere at times I'm thinking, is he the kid in the schoolyard that's just better than all the rest of them? Because every time I look, he's there. You know, he's he's like Roy overs He's taking goal kicks, corners, throw-ins, penalties, free kick, you know, without yeah. taking them, but he's just always there. Yeah. Whereas I see sometimes, and again, United have played AC Milan quite recently, you know, so we did see that. Kessie was very, very good at times. But it did bypass him a little bit at other stages, and I think one of the things that kills him is pace. And that's where I think... He won't take a box for Ralph. Yeah. Um, I know we've been massively linked with the boy Amadou Hadara from uh, Leipzig, um, and and he is he's a Mali international if I'm right, and he is just all action. Again, not maybe someone United fans will rejoice about and go, "Yeah, we got Hadara," but somebody Ranier will go, "I got him." You know, I think I think that's I don't think United fans. You know, over the next maybe six to 18 months, depending on how Ralph, how long Ralph stays, But don't think United fans will necessarily get the, the signings they're looking for. Mm. But I think maybe looking at signings a different way, we may end up with a better team. Yeah, if maybe, that makes sense. Maybe
0: six to 12 months in, they'll get a better understanding of what he was thinking of doing.
1: Well, when you few, see it on the pitch, a few, a few changes in the pieces of the puzzle. And also, you know, you bring guys in that you know can do the job because they've obviously done it before for you. But also, when when you look at it, again, we've spoken about you know you being moments FC. Mm. Do we want you know eight individuals out there trying to do their own thing, which what it looks like at times, or do we want eight guys who all pull in the one direction, which is what something Liverpool have? You know what I mean? That's mm. that's for me where where we want to be. That's where City are. See your guys all pulling in one direction. See your guys looking around the pitch. Who's in a better position? My ego goes out the door for this. It goes out the window for this. Mm. At United, at the minute, ego is everything. I'm Bruno Fernandes. I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm, you know, I listened to Gary Neville last night and I had, to, I had to agree with a lot of what he said. And, you know, one of the things he spoke about was Edison Cavani and how when he's out there, Neville feels better about United because he's not a guy who's out there for his ego. He's a guy who's out there for the team and for the badge and for the shirt and for the fans. Mm. Mm. And that's why United fans love him, you know? Um, even when he doesn't take the chances necessarily that you should at times. Mm. His work rate is phenomenal. And he's a guy that's trying to do the right thing out there on the pitch. And that's all you can ask for.
0: You could see it last night, even at his age. You could see it. He was, he was bringing the energy last night and he was looking around all the other lads going, where are you guys? What's happening he's, he's he was looking very at frust- nice. very frustrated last night, and you could see when he scored the goal actually how it released in him. He was a very yeah. frustrating game, yesterday for
1: yeah, and I mean, like I looked i watched the game obviously, and at various different times of so much frustration. Like Rashford was just very, very poor. Fred, i you know, I'm a big fan of Fred. I loved the kid the first half, he was so poor. Um, I don't think he made a pass over 10 yards. Um he was really, really poor. I think Bruno has looked a shadow of himself since Cristiano's come into the club. Um, you know, he's he 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 was our guy. He was the guy giving the ball, giving the ball. Now it's not, now it's give the ball to Cristiano. And now Bruno's looking around going, oh, I was this guy. Where where's my ball? You know what I mean? And I think it's unsettled him massively. Um you know, again, we mentioned this this Ronaldo thing might not be a good. A good thing for United, and so it's proven.
0: I called it right from the beginning.
1: You yeah, did I
0: called it right from the beginning, but we shall see. It'll be interesting as we get into the transfer window how things unfold. Yeah, um, and we we did have little hints, of course, of Rashford saying that he may not end his career at Man United. You know, so you never know. There could be a change coming down the cards. There, who knows? Um, Killian Mbappe and Robert Lewandowski um, have expressed concerns about this biennial World Cup. Um, And I I delved down into the story um, and it wasn't necessarily about the volume of football and the lack of player downtime and holidays and all that thing. It was about the devaluing of the tournament, that the fact that it rolls around every four years, it's a big event, it's a big deal. And, you know, I was thinking about it today and I could see their point because I was thinking, imagine if we had the Olympics every two years, it wouldn't have that feel about it.
1: It'll be the European championships with and the European championships aren't watched the way the Olympics are. Mm. Fact. Yeah. Not just because it's Europe, but because anything, you know, when you when you widen the gap between anything, mm. it makes it more kind of uh, you build a demand tang- for it. You you build it, you know, yeah. and it's a little more you're like you, you want to mm. kind of oh, is it you is it here? Yet? You build, yeah. you know. Um and, and listen, as wrestling fans, we know all about this, right? Mm. This is this is how stuff was built years ago in mm. wrestling, and yeah. it was it was stretched out, and you were like, "Oh, when am I gonna see this? When am I gonna see this?" Whereas now our problem with wrestling is, you know, yeah, the field happens, week. the field happens on a Monday night, and we see it the next Monday, and you're going, "Was that it? Is it up?" You know, yeah. it needs to be dragged out. I listen to one of the arguments, and it's, it's pretty similar to what the boys have talked about, and it it's obviously a devaluing of previous competitions based on the fact that you're, you're going to have this plethora of winners now. If you go to, to biennial and, and you have a winner Every second year What about the guys That have to wait four years To play in the competition What about the guys That never got to play In a competition mm. Somebody like Ryan Giggs Because It was every four years And you only got three bites Of the cherry in your career mm. You know mm. um, Unless you're Cristiano I, Ronaldo <laughs> Unless you're I absolutely hate the idea mm. Like I hate it with a passion um, I think when you look at the World Cup, when you look at how special it is, I mean, as as Irish fans, you know, it's it's the Mecca for us, isn't it? Really? Mm. After what went on in nineteen ninety. Like I was born in nineteen ninety-four. I was six years of age when Ireland went to Italia ninety. Um I was five. I was gonna be six in November. I was doing uh, my
0: leave insert.
1: You were the, like I was just no, no, not late. that you
0: think it for our Spotify fans.
1: I was just living every single moment of it. The f- I told you the other day, the first kit I ever got as a kid was a Packy Bonner kit, you know? I got my yellow jersey with my black Adidas shorts and my black Adidas socks. Um, and I think we'd visit a couple of sports shops to to get all the pieces of the puzzle, yeah. you know? But it was just, it was so, so special. And what it did for us as a country, and to then see that get normalised, and to be mm. like, oh, it's every two years. Oh, it's only every two years. So if we miss out, doesn't matter. We'll have another pop at the cherry. I the don't one, like it.
0: The one thing I was thinking about as well is I was looking at it and I was going, two years in the career of a footballer at the high end, so an Mbappe or a Lewandowski or a Ronaldo mm. or whatever it is, or a Mosel or whatever, it's a very short time in your playing career, two years. It goes yeah. by like that when you think about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. And I was just thinking, it's so short. It'd be so difficult to build up the want and the desire for like you know the way you think of the World Cup as being this big, colourful spectrum pageantry of football of football. Yeah, this is it, you know. When you get Brazil and Argentina and all the colour and the fan bases that goes with it, and all this kind of great stuff, and and the African teams that come in. And and don't
1: forget, we get those countries that have waited years to qualify for a World Cup yeah. and then you get to see, you get to see Cameroon in 1990 yeah. Roger Miller yeah. Yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get to see that yeah. you get to see Senegal yeah. go out against France who are favorites for the tournament yeah. and Senegal beat them in the opening game mm. you get to see all that you yeah. know what i mean and the, like, and the culture of the host country and the culture of that like mm. all of that is devalued by the idea of we'll do this every 2 years like I mean, if you do it every two years, how does it affect the European Championships? Or are you playing a major tournament every single summer? Yeah. Right. Because if the if the European Championship is every two yeah, years, it's gonna have to be started. Are you it's playing the Nations
0: League on top of it as well, and all this other stuff going on?
1: So now you've got Nations League year to year. You've got European Championships every two years, and then you've got World Cup every two years. Lads, give up? And
0: we haven't even spoken
1: about friendlies. Stop the lights, will you lads? Mm. These are ruining international football. Yeah. You know, you know who the real um who the real bad guy in all of this is, it's Arson Wenger.
0: Yeah, what, what do you what you make is his his end? like I mean he seems very up for this. Is this is this him trying to leave a little bit of legacy or something like this? Or what is
1: it? This is absolutely him trying to leave a bit of legacy. This is so people in years to come go, whose idea was this? Someone says mm. it was Arson Wenger. And they mm-hmm. go, right, so he's the clown we need to blame. Because this is, I don't, I, I have to say, touch wood, I don't ever see this happening. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would be, you know, to the detriment of international football. Mm-hmm. I think the calendar I hear today, you know, and you have to, you have to, it's very subjective when you listen to this argument. You know, we're here today obviously Klopp and Sean Dyche talking about player welfare and stuff like that. And I mean, like, I would certainly be a lot closer to Deutsch's side of the argument here than Klopp's, um, just based on the fact that you know Deutsch is kind of saying, listen, these guys are so pampered, you have no idea. You know, mm-hmm. the level of, you know, they're, they're, they're running tests on these players and training, so they know when guys are getting tired, they take them out of a session. You know, they know when muscles are to fatigue. Very
0: scientific now.
1: Everything is scientific. They've got, he said, a lot of the guys have private chefs, you know, for, for cooking their meals and stuff like that. Like Because they're on a level of money where they can obviously afford that sort of thing, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And they're extremely pampered. They're not getting on planes with other people. They're getting on private jets with their own team, flying to games, or they're getting on first class carriages, or they're on their own bus, which is like a hotel on wheels. They've Mm -hmm. all of this going on. They've never been as well looked after. And you're just thinking, all they're doing is playing football games. You know? Like, it's it's football, football, football. Now, Mm -hmm. I completely agree with, with the likes of Klopp when he says about, you know, nobody needs to play two games in 48 hours. That's bullshit. Nobody needs that. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be a three-day rule in the Premier League. There's got to be a three-day rule in the Premier League that you cannot play for up to 72 hours after you play the game. That's player welfare. That doesn't mean you can't play a certain amount of games in a year. If you look at the calendar, if you move the calendar about a little bit, if you play on certain weeks, you play a second game rather than, you know, given given a full week in between games. Yeah you cut that down and then you ease the games over Christmas mm. and stuff like that. I think it could be done better towards the end of the season. We start seeing big gaps in the in the league calendar. Yeah. You know, where they start fitting in games maybe they got postponed in recent years or clashes with Cup toys and stuff like that. Or you're out of
0: Europe. Or you're yeah, out and, of the Cups.
1: And this year, obviously, they'll be used for the COVID yeah. games that were postponed and stuff like that. But other years, you've seen, you know, a couple of weeks near the yeah. end of the season where teams have had three games... In like you know twenty days, and you're going. Why yeah,
0: use that I, time? I, I suppose the argument where the argument holds weight on club soil compared to dice side is Liverpool, by and large, and generally will be competing for four or five trophies, whatever way you want to look at it. Okay, absolutely. Only typically are competing to stay in the league. Yeah, they are. You know, and I know they have a cup run and stuff like that, and they have cup games and stuff like that. But when you when you when you get to You know, the Liverpool or United or City. Look at City. City generally get to the latter stages. They win the League Cup most years. So they're getting to the latter stages and stuff like that. You know, It's a lot of games. It is a lot Uh, of games.
1: It is. And then when you factor in the national football and stuff, it is. Mm. I do like our friend behind us, Ralph, throwing in his suggestion, which was any teams that are involved in Europe, get a pass on the League Cup. I think it's a perfect idea. I don't think if you're a European team, you need to be playing League Cup games away at Doncaster on a Wednesday night. I don't think it serves a purpose for you. Well, it you does. Know? It
0: does it serve a purpose to your academy?
1: Uh, it does if you're going to use your academy. But so does your under 23s in your Premier League beat team. So you're, so trying, you're really... trying
0: to, I suppose, you're trying to find a balance between not the value the tournament and and being honest in it, if you like, and you could blood in a few youngsters. I mean, a number of really good players have come through into the senior team by being blooded through the the league cup.
1: Absolutely, absolutely But don't forget, you know Do we want to see City win this for a sixth or seventh time When it could have been West Ham, Spurs Everton You know, Newcastle All big clubs in their own way Maybe they didn't get a bite of the cherry Because, you know um, mm. City were able to send out the second team Which is better than most teams second team. But basically when you're going out there Whoever's got the better second team in the league Is going to win this team do you know what I mean? Like if, if your squad is big enough and you've got pen, an awful pen, lot.
0: Pen, pending on your approach. Depending on your yeah. approach. Like if you're if you're say for argument's sake, like if you're Arsenal this year, and I know we've Arsenal in the semis, I mean they haven't had the worry of European football and stuff like that. So they've yeah. been able to play mostly their first team bar injuries or whatever they've had to deal with and stuff like that. And they found themselves now in the semi-final against Liverpool. We've kind of played a mix of our kids and our good players when available and we've gotten through to the semi-final as well. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one to find a balance, but I I, I get it. It's easier for, if you like, the, the managers in the lesser end of the league who don't get involved in these tournaments right till the bitter end nearly and don't mm-hmm. have that volume of fixtures yeah, and don't have that. I mean, you look, you look. If you think about, if you compare Liverpool to Burnley, we have all their fixtures, but we also have six European toys that we have to play as well, and yeah. that will be our first team in most of those toys.
1: You've probably got ten European games, you know, based on the fact you're going to roll through the fourth round of qualifying, and and get to the second. No, so but I mean, by, I mean by the time you know you get to Christmas or January, yes, I'm yeah, about yeah, you've
0: yeah. already played maybe six, eight, ten games more than a Burnley or something like that, depending on how far they go in the tournament. So, you know, it's easy to say, ah, oh, these guys are pampered and they fly around in jets and they have their own chefs and all that. That doesn't matter if you're out on a pitch for 90 minutes in a battle with wear and tear. It doesn't matter whether you're flipping your own pancakes or someone else is doing it for you. At the end of the day... You uh, I don't know. I mean? there's,
1: there's an awful lot to be said for having, you know, for having the ability to... To not have to do anything, you know, like around or like listen, if someone came into my gaffer and said, Listen, I'll do absolutely everything in this house here. If you, I'll cook your meals, I'll clean up, would my life be easier? Absolutely. But would, would you, right? but, would, but would you be as sharp? I would imagine I'd be even sharper. I think based you'd be on... less
0: sharp because I think you'd be more, no, I don't think more, so.
1: You'd be more contained. I, I think you could, you could certainly, you would certainly have the ability. To have more in the tank when needed Based on the fact your reserves weren't being emptied, taking bins out on a Thursday night Getting up to let the dog out on a Friday well, night I find, I find this deal, you know.
0: But I find, I find we've heard
1: this argument That
0: the teams that do really really well The likes of cities and Liverpool's and Chelsea's And United's down through the years right? They have been the teams That have been kept the most active Who do the less training but the more recovery because they have game after game after game and it keeps them sharp. Yeah, but
1: they've I, I also point, like they've also it, been the ones with the bigger budgets and the better squads.
0: Yeah, but I, I've also found as well if you get on a run, like winning is a habit. So if you get on of a course. run, like I I firmly believe I, I would put it out there and correct me if I'm wrong. I think if we had a played leads the other day and we probably might have beat them because they would have had a depleted team. Yeah. I, I think tonight. You might have seen a different Liverpool in terms of that lack of complacency because we're on a roll, we're on a run, we're in
1: game mode. Listen, Ferguson and, and the lads at United you know, always said they were better when they weren't training. Mm. They went from a Saturday or Sunday game to um, a recovery session, a tactical session, to a game, travel and a game, mm. recovery, tactical, travel game, recovery, tactical, travel game. In that order. And they went two games a week and they rolled from one to the other. There's a lot of rhythm. There's a lot of guys, you know, you play, play, play rather than train, 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 play, train, tra- mm-hmm. you know. So there's a lot to be said for it.
0: And there is a rhythm to a match, isn't there? Because we see it with City. When City play and they're on their pump, you can see the rhythm that they have when Sterling's in there and all these different
1: players and stuff like that. There's a it's, rhythm to their play, isn't there? It was the one thing that watching United last night was the standout for me. Like having watched City against Newcastle and the way that they popped the ball around and the way guys took the ball into areas and knew when they got to a certain point, I push it, I keep moving, you know, I drop a shoulder. The decision-making processes were very, very good. Mm. Looked at United last night and I couldn't say that. Because, you know, they took balls into the wrong areas. They waited too long to play the pass. They didn't play the pass at all. Which which, which
0: actually confirms your point when you talk about United as being six or seven superstars. If you're six or seven individual superstars, you never get into that rhythm. You never get into that dance of springing the ball around and knowing where people will be and all that kind of
1: thing. Listening listening last night to, to Gary Neville after the game. And you can't, you know, whether you're a Manc or whether you're a Liverpool fan or whoever you are, you can't argue it with a lot of what he says because, mm. you know, he talks about United and how lads don't seem to put the work in. You know, I look at mm. Salah at Liverpool. I look at Bernardo Silva at City. I look at Kevin De Bruyne. I look at Mane Cancello. or Jota. Or Canc- right? Mm. They're killing themselves. They're absolutely killing themselves. Mm. I didn't look at that United team last night And think Was Marcus Rashford killing himself? No way Was Mason Greenwood killing himself And he was on there for 45 minutes? No yeah. was, Did Fred kill himself when he was out there? Put himself about But he didn't kill himself You know Was was uh, jo- Or was um, Dallow killing himself? Was kill There was an awful lot of guys That were just Kicking along. Going through the motions. Right. And expecting something will happen. will create something. Mm. One of those guys up the top of the pitch will knock one in and mm. we'll all be good. And the expectancy in the... the
0: It's, it's what I not, always talk about. You know that purpose in your play? There has to be a purpose to your play. That like every pass you do, every ball you put into the box, every switch of play has to have that purpose to it. It's not just, actually, I know he's going to be over there, so I'll just kick it over there. It's it's like you have to see a guy. Like, you look at Cavani, who's lethal in that six-yard box. You have to see him in there and pick him out, not just lob a ball in. And that's what I think. And I see it with Liverpool tonight against Leicester. There was a lot of just that, Throw it in
1: there Throw it in there I'll throw it into an area In yeah. the hope that someone's there going to
0: be there
1: Rather yeah. than You know I see a guy making him Because I, yeah. I must say I would I'd say in that first half last night I'm going to say Four to five times i seen United players Really high Make a move And the guy With the ball Didn't release it mm. And f- three or four times What happened then
0: mm.
1: yeah. What happened then the guys making the moves decided, no point making these moves, is there?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not going to get the ball.
0: Yeah. You and it, especially with Sancho, goal. didn't you? Sancho wasn't in tune with the game at all last night. Sure, he wasn't.
1: He only came on at half time. Like the second half, mm. he certainly wasn't one of our worst players, I have to say. His passing um, the time
0: was bewildering, to be honest.
1: But, but I must say, I thought Rashford was dreadful. Mm. How he managed to get through the whole 90 minutes is beyond me. But there again lies the problem. If he's playing at Liverpool, if he's playing at City, if he's playing at Chelsea, does he get 90 minutes last night? Have, have you seen when, when Manny's had an absolute stinker? Have you seen him been hooked?
0: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. right. If, if Kevin De Bruyne was having an absolute stinker, if Fodham's having a stinker, really 100 million worth having a stinker, did he get hooked?
0: Yeah, Rashford's well, so having we, an absolute seen, stinker. are saying and Kevin De Bruyne on the bench.
1: <laughs> Rashford's having an absolute stinker. And gets 90 minutes. Mm. What does that say to him? I says, Marcus, you go out and have all the singers you like, son. Because you're still going to get a game. Don't worry about it, kids. You're fine. Mm. Keep feeding the kids. Mm. Fuck out of here.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that led me on to my last point, and we kind of touched on it, was Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez were slammed today um, for walking off the pitch down the tunnel, but also not going over to applaud the fans who had made the journey to Newcastle. Um, I was listening to one of the channels yesterday, one of the guys off one of the channels, he was making a road trip up, he was heading up from London, picking up four fans on the way. All so the what, night, was he, what was he
1: driving for, eight hours?
0: Probably more, because he had to get to London first himself to pick up these guys, so I'd say it was quite a round trip. They were staying the night, because um, what he said was the night before, I think it was St. Stephen's nighter boxing night for our other fans Um, he couldn't have a few drinks because obviously he knew he was doing the road trip so he was going to stay off and he was going to be up early
1: days. and stuff like that and then obviously right. travel through the busy time yeah. of the day most of
0: mostly I'd say his night was pretty round
1: <laughs> it, like when when away fans travel you know they're travelling in a much smaller you know group than to a home game at a home game United might have what 75,000 mm. of their own fans and in away game depending on the allegation they might have 3,500 Mm. It's just about respect Somebody's travelled That distance Now if the distance Is 100 yards down the road Going to see, Or if it's You know A couple of hundred miles Going in Europe Go over at the end of the game Applaud your fans I've seen David De Gea Go and give his jersey To a kid In, mm. in, the, in the audience mm. um, Which I loved yeah. You know um, Which we are seeing An awful lot more of These days This is what football's about We you know We need to capture The imagination Of the kids in the crowd so that this kind of legacy, this, what we love about football lives on, you know, because now more than ever, we're fighting with generations of kids over iPads, you know, yeah. Nintendo Switches, YouTube, yeah. Minecraft. And, and, and not, we're not saying they're bad. We're not saying they're bad, but every every kid that sits up with an iPad in his hand, it's one less kid with a football at their feet.
0: Mm.
1: And, and we to keep, keep the ball rolling, pardon the pun, like kids need to have their imagination captured by these footballers. And and if it's if it's as much as the Hague going and giving a jersey to a kid last night, we don't know. Ten years, fifteen years down the road, does that keeper end up playing in League Three? You know, in 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 our League Two or the Conference or something for some shitty yeah. football club. But what captured it for him was was that one night, mm. and and he goes, now I have a purpose. Now I know what I want to do. You know, and even
0: and even if you're in a pub twenty years from now and you're talking about that and you say to your mate, then. I have that jersey from David De Gea when he played in that game, and your man's probably turning around going, "That was one all, and Newcastle should have bet just four or one or something like that." And he'll go, "Yeah, but I have the jersey from the guy who made sure it was one all, and it didn't become four one." So, like, no. it's very meaningful. I see what you get as well, and and if that jersey handed out to that guy it inspires that guy one day to be a goalkeeper, which me and you know very well is one of the toughest things to do. Listen, boy, goalkeeper.
1: I said it to you earlier when we spoke about the World Cup. From the time I saw Packy Bonner save that penalty, mm. I was never ever going to be anything else. And then, of course, I started following Uniteds, and we had the great Dane Peter Schmeichel. And I don't want to f-
0: talk about Schmeichels tonight. The, Schmeichel. the, the,
1: the <laughs> first, the first time I went to Old Trafford, I missed the goals because yeah. I sat looking at Peter Schmeichel. And there was goals going in down that direction and I didn't see them because I was a little keeper and all I wanted to see was what Clear this guy shade. was doing. Clear all shade. I wanted to see was what he was doing. Yeah. You know, I so so Schmeichel always had a thing where he touched the goal posts. Hmm. He always touched both posts and the crossbar. I touched both posts and the crossbar. I always touched them the same way he did because he was my idol. I looked at him and I went... You know, if someone ever said to me, What you want to be? I want to be Pierre Schmeichel. So I'm looking at this guy. I missed the goals the first day we went because I'm so intent on looking at what this guy is doing. And my dad's going, Kid, you're missing the goals here. And I'm like, I'm Missing nothing that this is all I want to see. Because on a game, what do you see? You follow the ball. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, the camera just follows ball, ball, ball. So if Schmeichel's over here stretching in the 69th minute because he's getting stiff because he hasn't had a shot to stop, mm-hmm. I'm going. Guess what I'm going to do on the 69th minute next week? Right? I'm going to be down stretching. I'm going to be doing those heel kicks. I'm going to be doing that right. So you pick stuff up. Mm. Again, you're inspired. And that's that's what this is all about, you know?
0: Jeez, isn't, it, isn't it just as well you weren't at that Taibbi game or you would have been a striker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Um, well, he, was, anyway. he, was, he was man of the match in his debut against you guys. Do you remember? I know, yeah. <laughs> we beat his 3-2 and he looked like a real find <laughs> himself and Mikel Sylvester played they both yeah. played in their debut the same day against the rebuild we beat him 3-2 yeah. uh, Sylvester had a slightly better career at United but Taidi after the game the United fans were like yes we finally replaced Michael three months yeah. later thinking Jesus man could this get any worse
0: when when I think of the Toiibi one, I was thinking today, I've been watching Prison Break again. I don't know if you're a Prison Break fan, but <laughs> you remember when a Bruce, he, he cuts teabags hand off. And I was thinking, that's probably what Ferguson did to him when he got him into the change room. He probably said to, to Kane or whoever it was, stretch his arm out there now and guillotine,
1: i might say. It was just unbelievable. The one from Letitia was particularly bad, where he went in. And it came right through his two hands, right oh, through his yeah. body, right through his legs, yeah. and into the goal. And then I think the story came out was his studs were too long, and they got caught in the ground. And I was like, "Well, what? they
0: were they were always good for a story." I was should like, to, "What?" So that one through the legs, it nearly brought his balls and all into the net with it, and everything involved. Oh them.
1: my god! And, it was, and, and when, was you, go and, the and the when
0: you go back and look at it, you nearly look and think, "How did the ball even go through there?" Because how, the how did
1: How did it get on through? top of it? Yeah, yeah. It was like I didn't yeah. believe that the gap was big enough for the ball to make its way through. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time it got through Surely there's not enough power on it To actually get it over the line like, mm-hmm. And it just trickled and trickled Oh listen
0: yeah. Only if I was a Liverpool fan I would have been, I would have felt horrible for the man Yeah And you would have been a striker
1: <laughs> That's it
0: Well listen Pleasure having you on as always On these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday matchups <laughs> Yeah A um, little bit of housekeeping Our new channel is launching tomorrow The upper tier So this will be the first show To appear on it um, and a fitting show, it is the Monday matchup which is our flagship show on the upper tier. Um, yep. You'll also find audio versions of our show are now in a new location on Anchor. We have our own Anchor now, so you'll find us there on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. Uh, we're already up there. We've been uploading shows there for about the last three or four days. As I mentioned already, the transfer show. We'll be back this week we're going to kick it off this week before we head into the official window because there's so much activity going on at the moment and we're also going to be bringing back uh, we're going to be having a look at a couple of extra shows this week because it's the christmas period we're going to have a look at combined 11th we we're going to have a look at the player of the season so far and we're going to have a look at the flop of the season so far the flop signing um which should create interesting debate between uh, the four of us, Mark and Dean will be joining us tomorrow night. As far as I know, fingers crossed, touch wood, nothing happens between then and now, um, and it should be an interesting debate, especially the combined eleven, because I know that will uh, generate some interesting debate between the four of us. Until next time, my friend. The Hi, upper, the upper tier on YouTube, and Facebook and Instagram, the upper tier on Twitter at the underscore upper underscore tier. And you'll get us out there for audio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Till next time, my friend. A pleasure.
1: Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon.